uh, I mean, you br- you brought it up be- just just before was uh, that this feels like the longest ten years in a single in a singular year. Yes, it just uh, it's so funny. It's like it's like time is moving both fast and slowly, uh, slowly to make us feeling to make us feel every excruciating second, and then quickly in regards to. Um, how shockingly fast news just hits us right in the face, you know, <laughs> whether it's <laughs> whether it's conventions, whether it's every single horror or um, every single sadness. Uh, it's no surprise, I'm sure, to anybody listening to this um, that this past week we lost uh, a man of great character and talent, uh, Mr. Chadwick Boseman. Um, he um, is known for playing jackie robinson in the movie 45 um he's been in another of he's been in several other noteworthy films um i would say probably at the top of his uh resume marquee um in regards to recent memory is uh playing the part of t'challa uh aka black panther in the marvel cinematic universe he also played james brown which i thought was a in a movie called get on up if you yes. haven't seen that movie, you should because he he's fucking electric in that role. Um, Absolutely, but yeah, Black Panther. Um, damn, uh, yeah, I I feel like words are failing, like how how I, I I felt it, which is weird because like I don't like I I I don't normally feel this way, and I know you can say that you you brought this up too. I don't normally feel this way about celebrities. Yeah, uh, you you mentioned Robin Williams was like the last person you felt like this about. Um, mm-hmm. I I felt this way about uh, David Bowie. Ah, <laughs> uh, mm. so. Yeah, so the uh, but but this this one this one actually kicks a lot harder because it was it just felt like it came out of nowhere, right? Yes, and in in many ways it did. Um, uh, Chadwick Boseman was diagnosed in 2016 uh, with stage three colon cancer, and uh, that was on or about the time when he. Uh, when he got the role for uh, T'Challa Black Panther in the MCU. Um, He chose to keep his diagnosis private, uh, which I can definitely respect on many levels. On one, it's just a a large thing to take on and sharing it with the entire world, especially as you step onto a bigger stage, um, is just a whole whole other level of... um, I guess, possible anxiety and things that you have to talk about uh, separate from gaining such a large role. Uh, But also, um, as somebody who's navigating, as a young black man navigating the industry of Hollywood and big budget movies, he didn't want to be pigeonholed, you know? Um, He didn't want to be seen as, oh, that actor with the serious condition. Um, We know how society works. People get people are labeled all the time, and as a young black man, um, he was already carrying certain labels to begin with. Uh, so I I definitely understand and respect uh, that decision uh, because looking back on his career now, um, it'll definitely have an additional 
note, not taking away anything from any of his performances. Um, if anything, it just adds another nuanced layer. It's just like you can tell that he brought everything that he had to every role. And now with this news, you know that that's true additionally so. Right. I, I, I think that, you know, uh, at least for me, just given the turmoil that America has been in uh, mm-hmm. with our racial divides, I felt like him, his portrayal of Black Panther kind of stood in defiance of of all the things that are currently happening. I mean, it, it felt like it almost felt like an, an oasis, right? Mm. His performance uh, yes. as Black Panther, uh, like um, um, among the 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 nonstop turmoil that I feel like, but like uh, our country politically just is stuck in this awful rut. Yes, and I, that made me embrace the character more and his his. Just the what he brought to it, the charisma, the magnetism, you know, and to know that he was battling cancer throughout shooting, mm. not only uh, Black Panther, but throughout the uh, throughout uh, end like End Game and Infinity War, like those yeah. are this. It's a physical role, and for him to power through that, I mean, I think he was a titan. And he he'll be missed, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's one of those. We were just talking about this the other day via text. Uh, we were talking about Brandon Lee and um, the shortness of his career and the promise of him that goes uh, unfulfilled due to unfortunate circumstances. Um, and the rest of us left behind are left to ponder: what if? What could have been? And, Man, um, we—that's right. We were just talking about Brandon Lee, right? It was like yesterday or the day before. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's—I uh, feel like that's certainly going to be the case uh, with Chadwick Boseman. He, um, that dude, was destined for Oscars and every accolade that the industry had to offer, um, without any shadow of a doubt. I mean, he—I mean, over the last few days, there have been stories coming out about um, his days in college and the people who he's interacted with. Uh, There's this great monologue that he gave uh, when he was accepting some award. And he said, there would be no Black Panther without Denzel Washington. And he proceeded to talk about how Denzel had paid for his tuition um, at some point during his schooling. And it was thanks to uh, Felicia Rashad uh, bringing him to Denzel's attention. Um, she was sort of championing, kind of um, sponsoring young actors uh, through their studies. And Chadwick was on that list. And, you know, Denzel, like he's done many times in the past for various causes, he op- he's like, yeah, sure. And he opens his wallet and he, he just does it, you know. And Chadwick received a note saying, your tuition is paid. And your benefactor is Denzel Washington. And, um, you know, that, of course, something like that, (laughs) especially for a young actor, um, uh, will never leave your consciousness. It's like, wow, Denzel paid my way. And a few years later, um, after, you know, he started to 
hit the scene and and gain uh, visibility. Um, he was spe- he got to speak to Denzel and said, "Hey, you know, I just wanted to thank you for um, paying my tuition like that. That's something that I'll never forget." He was just like, and Denzel was just like, "Oh, you're welcome, but um, I'm actually here for my money." <laughs> I was just like, "Oh that's my awesome. god, that's so that's so cool!" <laughs> oh my god, um, I, I I also read that uh, um, Angela Bassett said some really uh, interesting. She had a, she also had a story about him about how uh, he was he was chaperoning her around Howard University. Yes, and but and this is but way before he he got famous, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And she was she came as a guest speaker, and he he on the set of Black Panther, he reminded her <laughs> of of that of that day. So I mean, these I I feel like I'm struggling with this because I I I'm like ah, I don't want to feel anything right now. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, I feel you. I feel you. It's uh, I love that story too uh, with Angela Bassett because it it shows uh, it shows that if you if you work hard enough, um, and you've got and I don't want to take anything away from it because if you've got the talent, um, you're gonna you're gonna make it through and things will come full circle. It reminds me of a story with uh, Lupita Nyong'o and. Um, uh, the the gentleman who plays um, in the Mbaku Mbaku yes right Winston Duke right. Winston Duke thank you uh, during their days in college uh, at during the early MCU they were watching one of like the first films in the MCU and they're just like wow isn't that incredible like imagine one day you know if we're up there um, in one of those movies and then fast forward several years later and they're both in black panther together it's just like oh that must feel that must feel so amazing i know and and just just to like like the the black panther as a movie was just such a it it was just such a like a a milestone in Mm. in just in cinema not only in in cinematic history i I feel like it it was just a milestone in pop culture overall because i mean there hadn't been a i mean like we've had um we've had superheroes before that were african-american but i feel like his was like i mean it was a, a, a king from africa i mean it was just like it it's like stood like as a as a just a milestone yes and you could you could feel it while watching the movie it was just like we've never seen anything quite like this before just afrofuturism right afro it, it brought it just kicked in that door oh like like nobody's business uh it was you could tell watching on the screen from the from the costumes to the accents that each individual actor chose to um, use to flesh out their character. It was there was a great interview between uh, Chadwick and Trevor Noah of the Daily Show, and Trevor, being from South Africa, was able to identify the different regions from the continent that different actors 
used um, in, in in fleshing out the accents of their character. And when he came to Chadwick Boseman and the way he fleshed out T'Challa, he was just like there, there were there were tinges of uh, I'm uh, pardon me if I'm pronouncing this wrong uh, of uh, of of Kosa or something like that. Yes. Um, and he was just like with also like echoes of Mandela in the way that you were uh you structured his speech and Chadwick was just like exactly that's exactly it I was um I was trying to mix all of that in there in order to um to show that uh royalty doesn't have to sound like a British accent which would have been extremely odd <laughs> in, in yes, a movie course, about an, yeah. is, an isolated African nation you know so uh that was definitely striking uh you know, I, 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 I still can't believe he's gone. It's, and... um, it's extremely, it's extremely jarring. Um, he, cause he meant, cause he was an, he was an icon and at such a young age, he was only 43. Yeah. He was only for my God, my God, come on, ah, man. Sir, he certainly say, didn't I hate, look it. I hate <laughs> saying this, but I, I rewatched Endgame. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. Uh, I I don't know what possessed me to to put myself through that kind of uh, torture, but I rewatched Endgame to like because I was just like at least he comes back at the end, you know. Oh God, so. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Uh, the clip uh, there's been a clip circulating on Twitter of the scene where um, you know it's when Sam is talking to Captain America over the radio and he says, uh, "Cap, Cap, can you hear me?" It's Sam on your left and then yeah. you see you see the first portal open and through it you know T'Challa and uh um Shuri and, and, and Shuri Okoye, and, yeah. Okoye they they step through but it's a recording of somebody recording that scene in the theater so you hear everybody's like yelling and whooping <laughs> and when you see when you see them step through everybody just loses their minds and it just it just chokes you up. I was just I'm like that's that's the clip, that's yeah. the clip, you know. So, uh, listeners, uh, <laughs> I'm Pablo Morales Martinez, <laughs> and I'm Ernesto Mancibo, <laughs> and together we are the Robots versus Taxes program on Radio Free Brooklyn. Wow, what a what an intro. <laughs> <laughs> but appropriate, I think. Yeah, I, appropriate I, intro. This week, uh, our movie matchup uh, really, really pushes at the boundaries of uh, reality. I mean, I know that we we've said this uh, to some of our prior movie matchups, but these these two movies they decide to just do away with uh, let's see, like sanity. What's that? <laughs> What's that? No, we're 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 gonna we're gonna go wherever the hell we want. So yeah. The one, the one movie, the one that you you uh, you were like, uh, this is my pick for the week. I was like, that's funny because the whole time I, I like, whenever I would log into my my film library, like my online film library, mm-hmm. I'd see that title, and I <laughs> was like, I'm never gonna watch that movie, never. <laughs> I, um, something something about it from the fact that like it, from the artwork to uh, 
like the artwork looked mildly interesting, but then I was like, something about this movie doesn't quite grab me. I don't think I'm going to watch it. It looks like it, it's one of those straight-to-DVD movies. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, it's Russian. Then I'm definitely not going to watch it. Oh. <laughs> because I, I had been burned by modern Russian cinema uh, before because I saw a movie called Guardians, okay. which is basically their Avengers. And <laughs> my Ooh. God, that movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, um, I I think something something good may be happening um, in, in regards to the Russian film industry, because between this film and another film that I saw called Invasion, um, which uh, which I believe you can see on Netflix or Amazon Prime or one of those things, um, it, it gives me some hope for the sci fi scene. Um, in the Russian film industry. I, I think they're not shying away from doing very big and complex um, subjects. Uh, I guess we're going to talk about Coma first then. Yes. Yeah, let's talk about Coma. So Coma um, is essentially uh, just the basic premise. Uh, when a person falls into a coma in this uh, near future, far future kind of setting, uh, we're, we're not quite... Um, let in on what the year is and it doesn't really matter but uh, when you fall into a coma you can enter a realm in which all people who are in a coma uh, can interact and exist within a fractured and sort of mishmashed reality of their own construction somewhat and uh, people can come in with different talents and abilities depending on reasons let's put it that way uh, so <laughs> Uh, what the main character by the name of Victor, a.k.a. the architect, um, he is uh, sort of the central figure of this film. Um, and I got to say, from the very beginning, it, it gave such a strong reverberation of the first Matrix. It was like, you know, this guy who enters another realm, um, he sort of doesn't know where he is meets up with a whole bunch of other freedom fighters who kind of guide him on the way. I mean, they almost had it down to like the same costumes because he had the same sort of like um, sort of uh, what's that? What's that material called? It's like long John kind of. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Cotton sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like rough <laughs> cotton look, look to it. I oh, man. Uh, so coma. <laughs> Fuck this! This movie was fucking tough through to get through. I found myself. I found my like. I, I, this rarely happens to me where I I got bored. I got bored. I I I felt like I was getting the same kind of treatment that I got the same shabby treatment from uh, Tron Legacy. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Let me ask you this though: Did you watch the English dub? Or the subtitled version? Subtitled version. Yeah, so did I. Um, and the subtitled version was not adequately translated. <laughs> no, no. I, 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 man, I shelled out five bucks to on Amazon Prime 
to watch this movie because the streaming service, the uh, the legitimate streaming service that I was using, <laughs> d- had possibly the worst subtitles ever. So I was just like, I'm not going to put myself through this and try to <laughs> decipher what it is that they're saying. I'm going to I'm going to shell out the 5 bucks to watch to to watch it and let me tell you I demand my $5. I demand all my money back. <laughs> like everything I've ever spent on Amazon, I want it back. <laughs> because that movie this movie is such a like oh man, it's just a slog. It's just a it's a sl- for me for me at least. Uh it was a slog to get through. I felt like I was watching Five of my favorite uh, uh, science fiction movies slapped together badly <laughs> with uh, special effects that uh, ranged from, oh, this looks pretty interesting, to these are sp- like, quote unquote, special effects. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm not going to fight you on that end. There were certainly... <laughs> There were certainly parts in the movie where the special effects were just like, "Is this a, is this a PS2 cutscene?" Yes, because oh, <laughs> I can, dude. I, I think I see the pixels here, um, but um, <laughs> let's face it, we're all a little spoiled when it comes down to special effects because uh, some studios, especially depending on on the amount of money they spend, can put together some truly breathtaking. Uh, special effects that weren't even possible 10 years ago. Um, and then others have special effects that in today's arena um, don't really stand up. But if you rewind 10, 15 years ago, uh, they would have been they would have been a little more sparkly. Um, but so I just decided to focus on the concept, uh, the whole like mishmash reality within the the coma verse, I'm going to call it. <laughs> they, 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 um, I, I felt it was, I felt it was quite interesting. I felt there was more that they could have done with that. Uh, and in regards to the characters interacting with each other and the environment, there was more that they could have done. Um, I think at, at, at certain points they just decided, oh, you know, we will make this uh, sequence uh, <laughs> uh, Matrix-like. You know, they jump and then they just keep going up and up and up. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, all right, all right, cool. Um, but uh, as a whole, um, yes, it could have been tightened up, but I appreciated the film for what it was trying to go, uh, where it was trying to go. There were... There were certain challenges presented to the characters in regards to um, their choice about what reality, what reality to accept and which one to run away from, which I feel is something that was only that the the first Matrix only dipped its toe into with the character of Cypher. Um, There was a point when the quote unquote reality of the universe that they were in and the universe that they could be in was presented to uh, this collection of characters. And a lot of them decided to stay within the coma verse. And I found that really interesting because I guess this is going to be a semi comparison to the matrix because at one point the leader of this group said, you know, uh, I've, I've done studies where, I've observed the electrical impulses of the brain, both in a coma 
and outside of a coma, and they're identical. So therefore, which reality is real? It's the one that you choose. And I'm paraphrasing here. And when he presented this to these other characters, they kind of went with it. I mean, what do you feel about that part? Uh... God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel like you like this movie more way more than I than I could ever like this movie. <laughs> this movie <laughs> Like you're asking me an in-depth question and it's like huh, what, what what do you think are the motivations and I'm like I don't give a shit. <laughs> um <laughs> I I look I see what you're saying. I know what you mean. And yeah, in some aspects, uh, there it did bring up some interesting things. I just couldn't get over it, how a how slapdash it felt. It just felt like it was slapped together out of like it was a Frankenstein monster of of all these other movies. Like it was just like okay, like it's a little bit Matrix, it's a little bit Inception, it's a little bit Tron Legacy, it's a little bit Doctor Strange, it's <laughs> all those things. And I just, I, I, I couldn't get past it. I couldn't get past how, even the, the ending, the ending made me, I, like, I wanted to boo, but even I lost interest in <laughs> booing. I would was like, ugh. <laughs> would have been strange if you booed at the, uh, if you booed at the screen. Now this, this is where we differ. Um, I, I thought, I thought that that ending actually posed um, a very interesting challenge to the viewer. Here we have a character, and spoiler alert for those of you who will never see this film. Um, <laughs> look, Please don't. I'm not. I'm not blind. I I know that this film is not going to be like a you know a cult classic or anything. At least not in this country. But the the main character and his love interest. Uh, they make it out of the coma verse, right? And uh, he, in in reality, is somewhat of a struggling slash failed architect. Um, the architect. The architect, yes. <laughs> Indubitably. <laughs> he never said that, but I think he should have. Um, he, uh, and you see him back in reality... Uh, trying to take a more pragmatic approach to his designs because it seems before he went into the coma, he was one of those like uh, ridiculously forward thinking architects whose designs were never going to be picked up by any sort of firm because it was just, he basically wanted to make a city look like the PlayStation five. Right. I almost, you know what? That was one of the uh, one of the few moments where I was just like, the, I think the movie's trying to say something really interesting here. I wonder if it's trying to say that, given the current political climate uh, with Putin, like Russia is in no search to have a uh, like uh, someone with an with an actual voice uh, with regards to quote unquote architecture, but it can be an interchangeable kind of like you know title. Say something interesting or say something different because yes. of the regimented, depressing kind of looking buildings where every building kind of just looks like the same depressing kind of like block, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. So, 
so in that regard, I I felt that that's where that's where it, the movie has like has had a peak for me. So, but where it has these little peaks for me, it also had these profound valleys where I found myself like pausing the movie and just being like, oh man, let me let me get back to this in a little bit because <laughs> it's really losing my, it's struggling to keep my attention. And parts of it were, I, I mean, like it it felt like. Uh, beginner's sci-fi kind of uh, <laughs> concepts to me, so I was just like, okay. So, uh, but again, you're you're bringing up the ending and how it's you know it brought up this interesting point, but I'm talking about the very end where it just blatantly ripped off the in- Inception ending, where it's like, ooh, did you see that? Did you see? Uh, his his little building that never got made it it's dissolving. Is he still in a coma? Who knows? You know. Did it tune actually, in. Did <laughs> tune it actually in next dissolve? exciting? Yeah, and it even had that that um that fading note that was in Inception where they presented the top, and it had the the note where oh. it's like Eep, and it, oh. and it goes backwards. The note in reverse, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the note in reverse. That's what happened at the very end of Coma, and that's what made me like made me lose my boo boner, you know, so to speak. <laughs> my booner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'll have to take another look at that at those last few seconds because um, I was hoping that it wouldn't do that, and maybe it was. Maybe it was the low bitrate quality of the version that I was watching because I didn't yeah. <laughs> I didn't see any dissolving, but I thought it was just maybe a focus on like, you know, a, a dream abandoned or something like that. But the part of the ending that really that I really found in just interesting is that while he was working on his more pragmatic designs, you saw that he had received uh, you saw that, first of all, the the organization uh, that was putting people into these comas in order to create this coma verse uh was still operational in some shape or form and um his uh his love interest who goes by the name of i believe fly in this movie yes fly she was just like do you think they'll come for us and he was like i wouldn't worry about it and you saw that he had received um a uh a brochure from this organization and he didn't throw it out, uh, insinuating to the audience that he hasn't completely abandoned the idea that reality um, is what you choose. And the reality in which you can flourish might actually be the real reality. So he hasn't he hasn't abandoned the idea of going back. Um, he's finding I wouldn't say some success in the reality outside of a coma, but you know he's he's able to get by now you know he's making some money in order to keep a roof over his head but it's you know it's strongly insinuated throughout the whole film that he's a type of visionary he's very forward he's very forward thinking and people who are like that are usually like all or nothing you know they're just like i'll do whatever it takes to get my vision uh realized so i felt it was an interesting choice for the main character as opposed to being like, I've conquered this sort of mental slavery that I was put under. It's just like, you know what? It might all be subjective, you know? So that's, I appreciated, I appreciated that choice. Um, If it turns out when I give it a second look that they did the dissolve thing that you 
uh, that you were talking about. I'm, I definitely would do a thumbs down to that because it's just like, all right, all right. You didn't have to hit us with that. They did it. They did it for, and just like the, just like the ending to Inception, it was a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. So you really have to look for the building dissolving. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that 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 moment was, you know, uh, it, it robbed any goodwill the movie might have had uh, for me. But I just, I just couldn't stop seeing it. I couldn't stop seeing. Oh. This part is like Doctor Strange. Oh, this part is like Harry Potter. This part is like The Matrix. This part is like Tron Legacy. And this part is like Inception. For sure. Like, for sure. it was, it was like heavy handed. The Reapers. Yeah. The Reapers. The Reaper concept. I was just like, I've seen this shit before. I've seen this <laughs> shit before. It's like, it's just another, it's like a gooey version of the agents. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's the Dementors. It's, it's the what have yous, you know. It's it's the big face. It's the big bad that they have to face. And then the the movie, you know what it, it was is that the concept to this movie felt very mad scientist uh, comic book, uh, like like almost like a reanimator style um, kookiness. Mm-hmm. And I really wish it had been that movie instead of playing it straight and so so serious you know okay because because the like the the it just it just felt so goofy i'm just like no concept this goofy where it's just like everybody who's in a coma you know gets to gets to experience five like five thousands years of immortality in and they're all everybody's having a shared dream Wink, wink, shared dream, like a certain other movie about okay. shared dreaming. <laughs> uh, that I was just like, ah, oh, oh, God, just, just be fun, be be goofier, be funnier. Don't don't do this to me. Where it's just there was a, there's a moment in the movie where they're running away from the uh, Reaper, and they <laughs> they there's this. Re- that's such a generic. I'm sorry. It's just such a generic kind of big bad name that I'm just like, oh, fine. That they they might as well have just called them like it, it sounds so early '90s that they should have just called them the Thrashers or something. So <laughs> don't they, fear the Reaper, man. <laughs> <laughs> but they jump. They're they're running away from. It's the opening of the movie where they're running away from this this monster thing and. The main like all the characters jump uh, from one you know fractured reality into another, and it's this it's kind it kind it's kind of cool. Hey, this movie had to have an edge, you know. So yeah, it, it did. <laughs> and, uh, it, it was definitely an edge, uh, edgy, edgy for edgy's sake kind of <laughs> film. I mean, so the... I I don't know. I just I, I'm sorry, man. I just couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't do it with this movie. This movie was so tough to get. Like, it's what I, where is the movie where I'm just like, God, I just can't, I just can't right now with this. Look, you know? I, def- I definitely concede that this movie borrowed heavily uh, and, did, <laughs> and didn't bother to dress up certain concepts from other movies, the, like the ones that you mentioned. Um, it's very true. You know, I mean, it was, I, the, the scene where Victor, uh, was going to follow the rest of the 
you know, freedom fighters or whatever. And he had to make his first leap away from the Reaper. I was just like, this is the jump scene from the first Yeah, this Matrix. is the jump like, scene. Yeah, exactly. Like this, this is exactly what it is. I mean. Right down to the music. The pretty much. like even the, even the music was like. Dun, 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 and I was just like, come on, man. Just be different. Just be different. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, for me, I had to. I had to. I had to appreciate moments rather than the whole film, but right. um, but I got to tell you, it's like there's something, there's something in me that appreciates the the first efforts of an indus- a, of a young industry in a certain place. It's not like we've got like this huge library of you know, I guess, big budget sci-fi from Russia. Like this is. These are definitely their first steps. Um, I'm, no, Russia, Russia's Russian cinema's had its day, you know. Uh, with sci-fi? No, 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 not with. You know what? No, with sci-fi, it it, it definitely has. Uh, I mean, if you're if you want to talk about Russian sci-fi, I suggest you check out a movie called Stalker. Mm-hmm. A really cool, uh, uh, a really cool sci-fi movie. It also is responsible for Solaris. Oh, which uh, despite being really a really good, like a, re- a really revolutionary kind of pioneer in like I- 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 the 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 director uh, Tarkovsky, he mm-hmm. made he made Solaris and he really wanted to compete with Stanley Kubrick. And it really shows that movie mm-hmm. is really great, although it does has have prepare yourself for one of the longest driving scenes you've ever <laughs> seen in your whole life like if you just want to see russian highways just for a while <laughs> like you have a half hour to kill just watch russian highways that movie's got it in spades so <laughs> if you want to check out uh russian sci-fi that it some there are some early movies that have it i mean they also have uh oh man i i, I don't want to say guardians that movie sucked <laughs> <laughs> but like I, that, that's what I mean when I when I talk about like I I feel like I went too hard against Russian cinema before like I'm not talking about Russian cinema in totality it's just these newer high budget high concept Russian f- movies feel just like it's just like we can do this better than even the Americans can Ooh. and it just just I just can't get past it I just can't get past how inauthentic it feels so I mean look you when 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 you haven't made as many um, movies as you know, whoever's on the king of the hill of any particular genre industry, you're gonna. There's gonna be a certain amount of hey, we can be, we can do it as good as you. You know, uh, that's gonna happen. Me, I'm giving them a sort of like a a good. I'm cheering them on a little bit. I'm just like, good effort, guys. I hope you do better. Like I, that's that's. <laughs> That's my place, you know. Um, I'm, I give I'm a- this movie. I'm sorry. I give this movie two out of ten Kodiak Russian bears. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the gold standard of <laughs> of ratings. Um, you know, be, like between Russia and China with their big budget like sci-fi. Uh, I I I hope they do it, man. It's like because I feel like American. American sci-fi has been like dropping the ball somewhat, you know, they, uh, they, they push more crap through the door than substantive, substantive 
stuff um, in recent years. I mean, and, and considering all these authors that we have that we could, you know, take from, it uh, it's kind of disappointing. You know, for every schlocky, crappy, you know, sci-fi thingamabob that gets shit out by the Hollywood system, they pump out a movie like Arrival, also mm. created by, uh, directed by Denis Villeneuve, who directed uh, our second feature that we watched, which is Enemy. Yes. Yeah. Nice segue, dude. Nice segue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Fucking it's a pros, movie man. magic love. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got to say, though, I, I, I definitely loved Arrival. The only thing I didn't love about that fucking film is that why did they have to do the whole rip our hearts out with, you know, the child that had a short life in the fucking oh, film? Oh, damn. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I felt that was unnecessary. They should have just shot a deer in the head at the beginning of the film. <laughs> Would have had the same effect, you know? I mean, I, I think it brought it around to a very like it, it. It had it has its heart, you know. It has its its part where it like grabs you by the heartstrings and be like, "This is the human experience, and it's short." You know, I mean, some people like to watch that. I don't know uh, people who are suckers for punishment like me, <laughs> <laughs> and others don't. So, I mean. Uh, but with regards to enemy, I feel like it didn't. That's that that stuff is very much missing. Oh yeah, that for is sure. yeah for sure. You're not going to find any heart or uh, you know uh, <laughs> you're reaching for the hankies. Definitely Unless spiders not. are your thing, then you're like reaching for hankies for a different reason. Yeah, I so. thought about I thought about you during those parts. I was just like, wow, he he recommended this. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I went into this uh, pretty blind. I had seen a brief, a brief video by like Looper or something on YouTube talking about uh, movies with the the most like surprising or dark endings and stuff like that. And this was definitely one of them. But the whole film, I was just you know, it just grabbed me from the beginning. the 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 pacing, the like very little dialogue. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's very Lynchian in that way. It's like it's it's like the characters only say the things that they need to say, and then that's it. No, like no, like Tarantino esque, like you know, pop culture references. No quippiness. It's just very dry. It's very just straightforward. Very dreamlike. So the movie is pretty much like you know, for for you listeners who haven't seen it. Spoilers abound uh, again. So this movie is very much about like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is a university professor and he finds out one day that he has a double. He watches a movie, uh, which was I, I thought it was really kind of almost hilarious the second time. <laughs> I, this is the second time I'm watching this movie. The 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 interaction that he has with that other professor <laughs> who recommends the movie to him. Mm hmm. It was so like it was such dry comedy, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's about a guy who a college professor who gets recommended a movie. He watches it and finds out that there is a guy walking around who looks exactly like him and is acting in the movies. And he the the movie goes into very surreal aspects after. 
they the two uh, doubles confront each other. So it's it's very you know it has a very simple concept, but man, this movie is v- like a mind fuck in terms of like what's real, what's not. Uh, is is there really a double? Uh, is there something? Is there a more sinister plot? No, the movie does not explain it to you. It doesn't uh, free, feed you any breadcrumbs. So, what do you think about the movie? Uh, I thought it was amazing. Uh, the it just kept you, it kept you questioning what the actual reality of the movie is, what the relationship between these two characters are. Um, Because at first you're thinking, you know, you think it's just it's one of those flukes like, you know, people look like each other in real life, Um, but they slowly unfurl to you that it's more than just appearing the same, especially once the um, these doubles meet. Uh, It seems like they are the same person. They have the same scars. They sound exactly the same to the point that they're practically indistinguishable to the people in their lives um and the little like micro vignettes that are sprinkled in this film of the lives uh that are being lived by both of them like from the very beginning it seems like the uh the life of the the double who is a who is an actor um he's taking part in some sort of uh Eyes wide shut esque, uh, like sex club. Yeah, <laughs> really it's weird. <laughs> it was so weird. It was just like the fuck. And but you got the at least I got the sense that um, the other was experiencing some sort of echo of that experience from his double when he was he had this vision of walking down a hallway and seeing a naked woman with like a spider wrapped around her face or something along those lines. She had a spider head. Her head was like a spider, a spider's head. Ah, okay. I, with the, the darkness of the scene, it was hard for me to distinguish, but yeah, you knew it was something freaky. Um, so you, you start to think to yourself, Oh, okay. These two are, these two are entangled in some, in some sense, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it it really plays fast and loose with reality. Uh, I, you know, I was I the reason I picked it was just like when you pick coma, I was just like, oh, you want to try to melt my brain? I'll, I'll melt your brain, you know. And I <laughs> I picked enemy <laughs> because this this movie really kind of like the first time I watched it, I was puzzled. Like I was just like uh, because the way that the why the respective spouses of the doubles how they react to the fact that uh that these that that they have just recently discovered that a a double of them exists like the reaction of the women in this movie is really (laughs) odd because they're just like you you think that they'd be more like wondrous Mm. And like, ooh, what, what, what's he like? But instead, it's met. They have like this tragic sense of like, oh my god, I can't believe this is fucking happening to me, mm. you know. And uh, it's it's people's reactions to things. It's the fact that Jake Gyllenhaal and his double, uh, I mean uh, Anthony and Adam, I think that they're that's what their names are. Yeah, uh, when they meet for the first time in that hotel room, they 
instantly they're they're curious for like five seconds and then they're immediately hostile to each other which (laughs) i thought was just like wow what a turnaround right and then uh adam the more successful of the two the actor who's just like you know he loves his organic blueberries he immediately starts plotting how to fuck his his doubles uh wife you know Mm -hmm. or you know he immediately starts plotting some kind of revenge for a crime that has no basis. Yeah. <laughs> just to fuck, just to fuck with him. And I was just like, that's, that's the, the whole dynamic. It, it, it feels really interesting, but at the same time, the atmosphere is so oppressive. That, that whole dynamic uh, of the hostility between the two uh, was, was really interesting. And, from my understanding actually became the glue to what the penultimate uh, reason of them being doubles was by the end of the film, at least to me. Um, I'm sure it's open to a lot of interpretation, but I think they are, or at least the movie is trying to signal that they are, they are the same person, but for different choices in their lives. Um, The actor could have possibly ended up you know a uh, a teacher at some point because in the conversation with his mother uh later in the film which was first of all they couldn't have cast a better uh right. actress Isabella than, Rossellini oh my god as soon as she showed up on screen I was just like perfect perfect <laughs> um <laughs> She blows him off so well. I, f- I fucking love her. She's just like so demeaning towards him. When and the, the way I she, loved it. The way she kept, sorry to interrupt, but the way she kept it like, you know, and, you know, give up this dream of being a, a third rate actor or something like that. <laughs> I was just like, oh, shit. OK. Um, hmm. So he was probably very close to having a different a different kind of career. Um, She's like, I saw Prince of Persia. Okay, <laughs> appropriator, oh. appropriate much. <laughs> he was like, you'll see. One day I'll be in the MCU. <laughs> I was almost Spider Man, you know. <laughs> but um, that's all true, folks. By the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was like it sort of showed us a little bit of of that, and in regards to. Um, Adam, the, the the teacher, he is sort of plodding along in this uh, un, uh, unimpressive life, uh, sort of wishing for something, something more, something that probably gets him more attention. And what gives you more attention than being like an actor who's in a movie who's seen by, you know, thousands, if not millions of people. Um, but by the end of the film, I feel I feel that it's denoted to us. And again, spoiler uh when they sort of switch lives and I won't go into detail on in terms of how they do that, but switch lives for a little bit. And Adam finds the key, uh, presumably to another sex party that we mentioned before and decides that he is going to partake that he's going to find out what this is. So he's sort of like assuming this guy's life and, uh, there was something about the way he spoke about it. It was just like, all right, I'm I'm going to finally be free of this other life that I had. And when he goes to speak to Anthony's wife and again, one more big spoiler and sees that, you know, 
he heads into the room and sees that she's a giant spider that recoils into the corner of the room. Um, I think it dawns on him that he can't escape the web. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's actually a pretty close interpretation to what I think it actually is. So, yeah. Uh let's 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 skip to the part where we pit these carry the Victor against <laughs> the double against one of the doubles. I feel like it's unfair because uh Victor's just one man stuck in a dream world while Anthony and Adam are two people. Are they two people? Who knows? You know, maybe um, maybe Adam will push Victor over An- over Anthony, who's like kind of crouched over and make him fall over. <laughs> <laughs> I feel Victor would just uh, ultimately steal the concept of the film enemy, and then <laughs> and then use it in some sort of tactic uh, because. That's what uh, Coma did, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, do you want to? Do you think uh, we should wrap up the show? I think so. I think so. Okay. Uh, I think we we've we've been vague enough to the audience, folks. If you just want to, you know, like just toss a coin and and look at a film that you probably won't stumble across on your own. No, I shouldn't say that because Enemy is actually a very good film. So you could. you could stumble across that, but you know, take a look at take a look at either and tell us what you think. You know, you know where yeah. you know where we at. <laughs> yeah, send us an email: robots versus taxes at gmail dot com. Tell us what you think. Tell uh, and also uh, suggest to us new movies. Uh, maybe maybe we'll we'll uh, we'll check them out and pit them against each other on our next show. But uh, yes, yes. right now, uh, <laughs> I'm Pablo Morale Martinez, and I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are the Robots vs. Taxes program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. This 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 uh this cap of the show, we're going to um we're gonna play a, a little song that kind of um a song of the week that that uh, I uh, like I, I think we both agreed on, me and Ernesto agreed, is the most fitting with regards to the passing of a Titan. Uh we're talking about Chadwick Bozeman. We just feel that that uh, this song, probably among many songs, encapsulates uh, the feeling that he's uh, left us with in his life and in his death. So uh, please enjoy and uh, rest in power, Chadwick Boseman. We love you, brother. Everything's changed. Nothing remains the same Everyone must change No one and nothing remains the
Every 